Hello, hello. Welcome to the uh, solo show again. Um, hope everyone just enjoys whatever they're doing. You know, whether you're just chilling at home, you know, working up a sweat, um, bullying some kids, jumping, you know, off with your head first into some cold water, you know, following your morning routine of saunas and ice showers, getting, you know, bullying other kids again i don't know where this intro is going but i hope you enjoy whatever random stuff i'm going to talk about uh so let's just get right into it so i only i'm only going to break down to two things i want to talk about uh the first thing here is just uh some weird stuff man like you ever just go through the internet and you're just like okay um this is something i learned from high school or something that was way long ago and you decide just to check it out but then you end up being like a lazy bastard <laughs> and so instead of reading the the book that you were told in high school you end up watching the fucking youtube video on, on the internet right um funny enough i was actually old enough young enough to know that like that was a thing so instead of reading the book you watch the fucking movie or the videos thank goodness for spark notes right <laughs> in spark notes um but it's funny because like these things don't actually hit you until like you're older and then you kind of realize like kind of how great something is like death of a salesman is kind of the thing that really hit me now especially in my life back when i was like fucking 15 or 16 i didn't i I didn't really you know pay attention to it i didn't really think about it but i mean just looking at it now it kind of relates to me now like more than ever uh so let's just give, give kind of a synopsis for those who don't know what it is and if you are in North America, then you should have at least had, you know, went through this book or novel or play or whatever it is. Um, but I'll summarize it for those who don't know. All right. So there's it's about this one dude. Um, his name is Willie Loman. He lives in New York in like the 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe, or 1910 or something. And he's like some door to door salesman. Um, he's 63 years old and is actually working on pure commission. So he's doing door-to-door sales on pure commission. And it's so funny. So I used to work for like a, like a telecom company that like made me do door-to-door sales when I was 19. Um, and it was shit. Like, I remember like it was in the wintertime and if you're in Vancouver, it rains a lot. So it was raining, it was cold and it was dark by like four o'clock. Uh, we'd get to the office at like 11 o'clock. Then we would have like this team huddle or whatever it is. And then you do that for like an hour, you eat your lunch at 12, and then you just knock on doors from like fucking one to eight o'clock at night. It's 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 a shite. Um, then once once you do that, you go over to the office in downtown, you come in, and then you, and then you basically report the sales, or if you made any sales at all. Um, they'd want you to knock on 80 doors a day, and they'd always say like, this job is hardworking. You know, you make a lot of, you put a lot of work into this. If you don't like it, go work at Carl's Jr. or go work flipping burgers. So that's kind of like thing to kind of get you motivated to do uh, door-to-door sales for that company. But keep in mind, like you may, you can make quite a bit of money with this company, maybe like twenty seven hundred dollars a per paycheck. You know, doing door-to-door. But then again, it's like it's sh- it's shit. Like really, like. I'm not the one for it. There are a couple of people that I know that are really good at it. But for me, I, I like, no way. No, like for me, I just, whether I rather just, you know, work from home, do a chill job during the day, then work on whatever I want to work at during the night. I want to kind of, you know, centerize my day doing door to door sales, especially during the rain, man. Like call me a bitch, but like, I, I don't want to do it. No, 
not me. Yeah, so uh, back to this uh, story here. So he brags about his sales, but in reality, his neighbor, Charlie, actually gives him money to help pay for his bills and his cost of living. So he doesn't actually make any sales. And like when he comes home to his wife, he kind of just says, hey, look, here's 50 bucks. But those $50 or whatever amount it is, is from his neighbor, Charlie, who kind of gives it to him in, in terms of pity, right? Just to say, hey, look, you can, you can keep up this front. Um... Yeah, so he's under. So he basically oper operating on the illusion that like he's really good at sales, but in, in actuality, he just sucks. Which is kind of like a lot of all of us, you know, where we kind of like get caught up in our own lies and are like you know embezzle our own you know successes that we tend to you know just really delude ourselves into how good we really actually are in some things. <laughs> and trust me, like I, I've I've been there, done that. I thought I was really great, but when you kind of step back, you're like, holy shit, I'm a loser. <laughs> Um, okay, so she has two sons. Uh, Happy, the younger one who wants to be like his dad, and who also inherits a lot of his dad's kind of you know traits. Right, so not a not you know the ability to you know not you know take orders from anyone, the ability to kind of you know have a quick you know kind of like like a very high like very quick succession in terms of him you know starting from the bottom to him being successful. And Biff, the older brother, um, doesn't look up to his dad anymore because he caught his dirty ass cheating with some girl. <laughs> Um, and actually wants to, you know, get out of the city and move out west because I think they're in New York. So they move out, want to move out west. He wants to own cattle, smoke, you know, be, you know, be part of nature and kind of escape the New York City rat race in that sense and live his own life. Um, but here, here, I'll give you some spoilers. Um, so after Willie dies, Happy decides to stay in New York and become a better salesman than his father. While Biff basically just says, look, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't me. Um, the city life isn't me. I'm going to go out west. Um, I'll send you a check if I strike oil and I'll raise cattle and, and live my life there. Kind of, he kind of leaves it at that. So there's like no conclusion of who actually does it better, right? Is it, you know, the brother happy that decides to stay, you know, in in New York, you know, to follow his dad, the exact same thing as his dad, you know, trying to be a better salesman um, than his dad and trying to win in, that, in this rat race or someone like Biff who just realizes this this life isn't for me. Let me, you know, go change my environment. Let me go change my way of living. Let me go out west, raise cattle, live on a farm, work with my hands. And the book never actually confirms that, which is, I think, the beauty of it all is that you just don't know if they did the right thing. And I think that's, that's life, right? Um it's weird to say that like there's a large part of me that feels like i've kind of you know given up right like in the city of vancouver because if you don't know the uh housing prices in vancouver probably i think they're the most expensive in north america if not like second or third most expensive they're high up there with like toronto san francisco uh parts of la um and a part of me you know who, who is basically growing up here is like oh shit like <laughs> i feel like i'm a failure you know like you know not being able to make it in the city that my parents are in, right? Like a, a small portion of me just feels like I'm retreating from that. You know, it's like saying, "Hey, look, I give up. You win. I don't have the skill set, the drive, the whatever. You know, to make it in the city of Vancouver, I'm gonna go. You know, move out. You know, move out east to maybe somewhere that isn't as great, but at least has affordability to it. Um, so I really I like. In this like kind of time in my life, I, like I really relate to Biff because it's like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, like there's a uh, scene in you know in the movie where Biff 
he steals, he steals like his former employer's pen, right? And um, he tries to chase him down the like you know the like the building. Then he looks outside. He looks up in the sky, and he's just like, "What am I doing here? This isn't me. Why am I chasing a guy with a pen when I can just be out there, out west, you know, raising cattle, chilling, you know, smoking, you know, being out with nature, working with hands? I, I I'm in the wrong environment, and that, I think that self actualization is slowly coming to me where. It's, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, you know, struggle to, 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 leave, to find a place to live. I don't want to, you know, live at home for the rest of my life. Don't get me wrong. I want them to live with me. But there, there comes a, like, I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to abandon my parents. They're, they're, they're come live me, with me if, 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 if it happens, right? I just don't want to be in this competitive race where I'm going to work ball, like balls to the wall to get, you know, this like five, half a million, you know, box, right? I want to, you know, you can kind of you know have my own space kind of get away from you know this like west coast best to coast attitude and you know live a live a different life and things i don't know if that risk is gonna pay off we just don't know right it's it's it's, it's like you know death of a salesman who makes the correct risk are both of them wrong is one of them right or are both of them right are they both going to be better off is one of them going to be depressed? We just don't know, and that's th I think that's the beauty for me, in my opinion, that in that play or that book is that it just ends. We don't know anything else. Who made the right decision? Who made the wrong decision? I was talking to um a buddy about this. Um, he works in one of the big four accounting companies, and um, he's he was just telling me it's like don't don't think about you know failing out of Vancouver because the way you're going you're going to take that risk and hopefully that risk pays off but then you'd be a homeowner at that point you know in in, in a place that's like 12 to 15 hours away from here then i asked him a question i'm like okay then why don't you come with me it's like you know back in the novel biff was asking his brother happy like just come up with me come live out west with me and the brother's like no i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna you know i think he said beat this racket or something i'm gonna i'm gonna just try to make it in new york right and i feel like that's kind of like me right now where i'm like just come with me guys like this isn't the only city in the world right where it has housing like there's other places in the world where you know we can we could be successful right um so yeah there's uh there's that there's that and like this like yeah so I'm trying to convince my friends to move over but i don't want them to but i feel like maybe if i go over there if i you know if, if i leave a happier life there and if not necessarily have more things, but maybe more free time, you know, more hobbies, you know, living closer to what I want to do every single day. Then I think, uh, then I, th I think that might fall fall through. But right now, I'm taking a big risk, right? It's like it's like Joe Rogan, you know, trying to like moving from LA to like Austin, Texas, and then trying to bring the comedy scene from the like from LA to like Austin. He's kind of taking that risk and kind of you know being that person to say, you know what. LA is not for me anymore. It's too expensive, too crowded. I'm going to move to a place where it's more affordable, less taxes, and less people around. This is exactly what I am in my life. Just a place with maybe less people, more people. I don't know. I think it's about the same, honestly. Uh, but just affordable cost of living, right? Affordable cost of living, uh, different environment, and hopefully that risk pays off. But you know what? I only live once, right? I'm young. Take the risk, right? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll come back here. Maybe we'll stay over there. Maybe we'll be in Miami. Maybe we'll be in Singapore. Who knows, right? Uh, life is not set in stone. Anyways, who knows? Let's get let's let's talk about something else uh, that, that that I want to talk about here. 
um i want to talk about something about brown representation or like asian or like southeast uh, representation in uh, in in toronto uh, in toronto what the fuck southeast asian representation in hollywood there you go oh my God. for a guy who has english as his first language i can't really speak it that well I tend to stutter Ugh! tend to stutter all the time it's annoying as hell anyways um and growing up and even to this day i actually don't really give a shit about like southeast representation uh, southeast asian representation in hollywood like i always because i always viewed hollywood as a weird place i think of it as like the cesspool of like really weird virtual signaling child pedophilia you know squeak like a like child abuse especially when it comes to like a lot of these act like actors and actresses like it's this whole thing where, where we already know that like child actors child actors you know in disney you know who are pressured to be you know really famous pop stars you know tv show like tv shows and, st and stuff like that trying to be like really these young celebrities who kind of grew up in this world usually get corrupted and they end up being fucked like off the rails like later down in life um one like you know obviously one of them is miley cyrus who's gone off the rails i think she's good now or demi lovato who's kind of gone off the rails and back on or i think the most famous example and the worst one i've seen in my opinion is amanda Bynes, and i'm at like someone who's known to be you know this very you know smiley person very innocent looking very normal individual comes out years later you know just full of issues and it's just not it's 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 borderline in my opinion illegal what they do what do they do these child actors um and in terms of the child pedophilia, you know, there's there, there's things like Harvey Weinstein, but I don't really know that story too well. But the one thing I do know is this whole thing about Nickelodeon, um, specifically Dan. Sh I, allegedly, you know, for the lawyers, allegedly Dan Schneider is involved in some sort of you know pedophilic action. Now, for those who don't know who Dan Schneider is, he is actually very famous for directing and creating one of the many shows on Nickelodeon that were really great hits, um, namely you know iCarly, Drake and Josh. I believe victorious um and what actually came out of it was that there was a lot of you know allegations towards uh dan schneider as being a child pedophile um there there was like an audio clip i believe of one like one of the actresses of uh, not actresses like one of the child attendees that went to one of these things and then dan schneider was like okay hey look we're able to accept you know all you know the candidates that come in um if we interview them in a pool party which is kind of weird. Like, like why would a why would a grown you know like guy ask to hang out with a bunch of like eight year olds, seven year olds, ten year olds in a pool party? That's just that's weird. And then there's also this alleged allegation as well that he input a lot of his foot fetishes into a lot of the skits. Like, um, there's a scene in Victorious where like she would um like Tori Vega would grab like the um like she would shoot like an arrow with her foot. And like shoot it over or like a scene in like iCarly like where I think like it's like Sam and Carly. Yeah, Sam and Carly would like paint like happy faces on their feet. And Nickelodeon like I think temporarily changed their logo to a giant foot, which was kind of weird. Um, so that was kind of like this whole allegation towards Jan Schneider having like this foot fetish. But yeah, it's it's a weird place um, to do that. It's, yeah, so like it's, it's weird on one side, like you have like this like, you know, virtual signaling you know basically telling everyone like how they should act and how progressive they are and how for human rights they are but then on the other side you have like things like child pedophilia you know abuse of child actors just kind of goes under the table 
I mean, Janet McCurdy or Janet McCurdy. I don't, I don't really know how to say her name. Um, the actress uh, from iCarly who plays Sam, um, kind of just went out, went out of it, right? She's like, um, I'm, I'm never going to act. I'm going to be a director. I'm going to do my own thing. Um, because she suffered just eating disorders and just the way that she, they treated her, you know, through that time was unhealthy. So for me, it's like, I don't really like based on that knowledge. I don't really, I don't really care about you know, like Southeast Asian representation in Hollywood. It's just, this is too much, man. It's just too much. And the weird thing as well is that if you have certain beliefs, um, especially like political, religious, or traditional beliefs that don't align with like kind of the progressiveness of like Hollywood or, or like the, the the institution of progressiveness of Hollywood, you tend to get ostracized. But yeah. I mean, for me, what what I really care about in terms of like kind of representation, diversity, is diverse is like representation in terms of income sta- like income earners. And the good thing about what that is is because it kind of steps away from that. You know, it shows that you know, number one, like if you come over from like say like like Southeast Asia, say you know India, Singapore, or the Philippines. To hear, it means that you've either worked your ass off to do this, which is very good for you. Number two, you've come from a good family which and good education, which is why you're able to come over here. And number three, you just come in with a boatload of money and, and, and kill it here, right? But the good thing about what I'm going to read out is that Southeast, like in my, in my opinion, like the Southeast Asian community in terms of inc- top income, like performers, already included. The list goes as follows because I couldn't find the Canadian, you know, kind of status, like, statistics so i end up finding the u.s statistics uh, stats which i don't think should be too different from the canadian uh, statistics um i actually just caught these off wikipedia so who knows how accurate they could be i'm just a lazy bastard that just doesn't want to do any research on the canadian market but here's the list in terms of the top income earners so number one are jewish americans which is $135,000 on average a year next is indian americans there you go, my people. $126,705 on average. Third is Taiwanese Americans with $102,405. Australian Americans for $100,856. And finally, uh, Filipino Americans, my other people, my other side, for $100,273. That's actually really good. Like, this is what I care about, you know. Not necessarily, you know, representation in Hollywood or film, but representation in terms of of income potential and it just goes to show you that if they can make it like you know if they can make this much money you know then i can do it too there's no there's no ceiling at that point for me so it's not that i i care about this actor you know being filipino or indian you know on the big screen it's about for me in my opinion this is what i care about is about being those top earners saying okay i can you know make it here i can you know be a nurse a doctor a lawyer and be hella successful the numbers say for themselves so yeah, that's good. I like that. But one thing I want to talk about as well, and this is just going to be a me thing, and I don't know if this applies to anyone else, is that I actually look up to uh, brown and Filipino comedians and brown and Filipino podcasters and my fighters, then someone, you know, you can say is in a very respectable field, like a lawyer or a politician or something like that. Like, for example, like I look up to guys like Akash Singh, more than I look up to someone like Jack McSing, who is the political party of the New Democratic Party in Canada. In Canada, which is like a a, a more left-wing version of uh, Canadian politics. 
and look, I get it, right? Just by default, there is like a sense of like dislike of a politician, which, you know, like you said, if you're already in a sort of any political party, you already have polarizing views regardless of who you talk to, just based on on, on what you recommend because the party's like, uh, we're, we're just divided based on party lines. It's just, just the way it is. But for me, it's just, it's I don't really care for that type of stuff, you know? Like, just because someone's a politician doesn't mean they're going to like align with my views right and i've learned to detach kind of those two things away plus i just don't i don't plus i just don't give a fucking shit <laughs> i just don't i just don't give a shit right um about you know about a brown politician like i i just don't right like i don't care that he's you know relating to his you know gen z like audience and creating tick like cringy tiktoks um trying to get justin trudeau off and out of office stuff like that I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me. So, anyways, so the reason why I look up to kind of guys like Jay Shetty, Naval, Joe Coy, Manny Pacquiao as an athlete, but not so much as like a senator or, or hopefully not president, um, is because they relate to things that I want to do, not things that are like you know conventionally deemed you know successful by you know our parents or by society, but it's things that they do that I want to do, which relates to me, which is why I look up to them more often. The guys that are into martial arts or simply say what the fuck they want to say on their minds is a life that I want to live. They know their lane and they stick to it. They don't, you know, try to branch out and try to, you know, tell people how to act. They just do their thing and they relate to you on that level. Like there's there's no like extra virtue signaling when it comes to that, you know? Like like they're not on his moral like high ground trying to be better than you. They they know who they are and they're good at it. And this is the kind of an issue I have with like a lot of Hollywood celebrities is that like, for example, they they receive like their movie award, then they give some political speech of how th- something is supposed to be without knowing all the details. It's like shut the fuck up, just take like as Ricky Gervais says, just shut up, take your award, and go down. But hey, it is what it is, right? <laughs> Fucking Hollywood. Yeah, I mean it's 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 like if the smartest people in the world who have researched this their entire lives don't know the answer what makes you think you acting in a movie does yeah so what really kind of you know made me like so akash thing is like now going to be one of my favorite comedians because of the way he does roast like people in the front or like people in the audience just like that but he said something that was actually really relatable which was number one it's like no one knows who the fuck i am or what the hell do i know he, he knows how much he knows and how much he doesn't know and he just talks about what the hell, whatever the hell he wants, right? He's a guy that I relate to, right? He's not the guy that knows all the answers. He's just the guy living a good life, you know, having a good time and just talking shit, which honestly relates to to, to my kind of life. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if this relates to anyone, but yeah, that, that, that those are the type of people I look up to. Not lawyer, not Indian or Filipino lawyers, politicians. Uh, like actors it's you know those that are in podcasting com- comedy um youtube do youtube making youtube videos is because they relate to something that i want to do so anyways um that's all for now uh thank you so much for listening uh link is in the patreon description below i will try to come up with more episodes consistently um so stay tuned for that and i hope you all have a great rest of your day